My poetry is a tree on which there are poets. If I was a poet, I'd come up with the second line and then... What? <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking we were going to edit that out. <laughs> I'm getting my clicks muddled up. talk about this is not an Esperanto podcast sadly because that would be kind of cool I'm sure there is one probably might even be more than one probably yeah yeah but we're not going to do an Esperanto podcast because I am rubbish at it and I don't think you're particularly interested in it are you I mean and it's quite possible that the majority of our listeners might not be that interested in it because they've tuned into a heathen podcast so it's likely I mean it might be that they're interested in it but this is not what we're here for we're here for the heathenry well give or take yeah oh the coffee yes yeah, but coffee. also the heathenry yes so what are we applying our coffee powered heathen heads to well your heathen head <laughs> well hello lovely listeners hello welcome around the virtual campfire welcome welcome and welcome well met. That's a lot of welcoming. I know, there's a lot of people out there. We're, and and believe believe you me, believe you me, we mean every welcome of it. We do. Welcome, welcome, and thrice welcome to all you lovely listeners from around the world. Settle in, warm your knees, you know the drill. Grab a biscuit, grab a coffee, or drink of choice. Grab a drill. That too. Open Charlie Tunnel. Open Charlie Tunnel. <laughs> I can't do it. They found, the, good. they found the drilling equipment. Open Charlie Tunnel. Um, yes, so we, uh, yes, it's lovely to see you all around the virtual campfire again. Um, it's very, um, very, <clears throat> very virtual uh, today. Um, I have, um, I have biscuits for all of you. Hand biscuits round convincingly it's pretty good um well it's it's nice because it's virtual so mm. still good it's lovely listeners if you're wondering who we are and what on earth oh, you're yeah. listening to i'm suzanne martin this is the bbc home service <laughs> <laughs> this is the bbc the nana <laughs> i'm suzanne martin i'm a heathen with a head full of stuff some of which is useful quite a lot of which is useful actually uh, given the odd Depending on Day what for. Yeah. I mean... I can use it to prop up a table when it's wobbly well, and exactly. all of that, you know. Um, I don't have a head... I have a, I have a head full of stuff. I, I'm... I, I, hi, I'm Kate. Um, I'm... Um, I live here. Uh, and that's that's the purpose of my involvement. The reason for my involvement in and this. And you're coffee-powered. And I am coffee-powered, yes. I'm not a heathen. I'm a sort of a druidy thing. 
I, I, it's the best I can do. Uh, I also have a head full of stuff, but none of it is really relate, relevant to heathenry. So um, I'm, I'm basically just here to, 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 to kind of just, just join in, really. It's all good. Have a gorilla. <laughs> no thanks. I'm trying to give them up. Have a monkey. They're much milder. <laughs> Did I mention about my comedy? No, never mind. Um, Later. So here we are. We are around the virtual campfire. Definitely. And we are. Um, Suzanne is going to talk to us about something. Okay. <laughs> what? Thanks. <laughs> I don't mind dropping you in it. Yeah, for that. <laughs> you can go right off some people, you know. <laughs> Now, what I meant was, you have managed to remember what our topic for this evening is, whereas I have not. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and what does it say on the piece of Eight paper? Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, it is written. <laughs> but what happens? <laughs> Welcome to episode... 123. One, two, three. Frithcast. One, two, three. No, that doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Too many digits. Too many digits. One, three. No, that doesn't work. One, either. three, two. No. What are Still we talking about this evening? How that doesn't work. <laughs> what are we 20 minutes in? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <sighs> We were. Right. What are we talking about this evening? Well, what I wanted to do, something we haven't done for a while, is do a runic spotlight. So every now and again, we take one of the runes, we do a whole episode sort of about that particular rune. Okay. And it's more about sort of the, the personal implications of it, how we might apply that concept meaning to our current lives. Yep rather than archaeological or historical uses it's more about how we can take that concept and apply it or how we can explore that concept for ourselves okay so we are looking at runes i mean for anybody who's not sort of joined us previously we're looking at runes as the the writing system supported by meanings that have been attributed to each of the the glyphs each of the letters yeah in a um in a text that we call the rune poems. Yes. And the, or the rune poem. and well, the ro- Several texts, but the, yes. Fair enough. The, so the rune poem is, um, it basically goes through and, and, and gives meanings to each of these characters, which a lot of which has been sort of uh, brought into modern sort of rune, runic divination and, yeah, and so on. Yeah, all the majority of the oracular work comes, the oracular books that are around and about now come from one of the rune poems, there are four that I know of. Okay. Three of them follow that format of one rune, one verse of description. Yeah. One rune, one verse. So the one that tends to get used mostly is the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. It's got more verses, but it's applied to the Elder Futhark, which only has 24 runes. Okay. So it's a bit of a mish, yeah. really. A bit yeah. of a patchwork, but it seems to work. <clears throat> and what I wanted to do was look at one of the runes from that 24 rune sequence do a bit of a runic spotlight mm-hmm. on 
the ninth rune in the sequence, which is the first rune of the second et. And et being the division of into groups. Yes, mm -hmm. et family. Um, so you have in Elder Fulthark 24 runes split into three groups of eight, traditionally split into three groups of eight. Okay. Um, again, the rune poems don't make those divisions. It's just one long sequence of letters, like our alphabet is 26 letters, no divisions. Yeah. But you may find it referred to these ets, these groups. Okay. So this is the ninth rune out of the full sequence. Mm -hmm. This is the, the first rune of that second grouping. Yeah. So the first eight, and then you've got this number one of the second eight. Okay. And the rune in question is? It's... Sometimes you'll see it as Hagalaz or Haglaz, depending. Haglaz. The spelling, yeah. Spellings of runic names do all sorts of funny things. Well. Um, so you'll see it roughly called Haglaz or Hagalaz. Okay. Depending. This is, I mean, we've covered uh, Nauthas before need and necessity. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is the one that just precedes that one. So... This rune of Hagalaz or Haglaz looks like a capital letter H with an angled middle bar. Okay. Instead of a horizontal middle bar, it's got an angled middle bar. Mm. Commonly, you've got one single middle bar, but you may see a variant letter where it's got two parallel angled middle bars. Okay. Before we start on the rune itself, word of warning, this is one of the runes that the far right will sometimes co-opt. Okay. So they will sometimes have it as written twice, HH. Of course. Yeah. So they may have it on a jacket patch or on a jacket painting or on a tattoo. Yeah. On a piece of clothing, they'll have HH uh, or they'll have 88. Yeah. Because H being the, the, the eighth, eighth letter. letter of the, the uh, Roman alphabet. Which yeah. is here, it's the ninth, so that makes no sense. Unless they start writing 99 nine in. Yeah. But then that makes no sense because they're using Arabic numbers to be... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I've even seen it where you have... There was an illustration of a tattoo of two dice with the faces, the upward faces, each had eight dots on. So it was very subtle. <sighs> Fair warning, this is one of the runes that they can co-opt. Mm -hmm. So be mindful if you want to use it that may also be the interpretation that somebody goes to first yeah. before they go to any of the others. Is it fair to say that you more often see it as a pair when they're using it? Or... Yes. Yeah. 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 So you'll, you'll often see it as a repeated, so two H's yeah. written in runes rather than one H on its own. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, it, it may be that if we've got this on a runic object that's not in an inscription um, that somebody else viewing that may take that view before they start looking at the context of it yeah. entirely. Okay. So this, this rune and the two that follow it are what I know as the sort of the big runes of change. Okay. And they're like, you get one of these coming out, it's like you've got your message in bold. <laughs> you get two of these coming out in an oracular reading it's like bold and underlined okay you get three of them all three coming out in an oracular reading italics as well italics as well oh and crikey oh boy <laughs> so this is one of those big three 
the rune poem for the Anglo-Saxon rune poem, it actually shows up in all three rune poems. Okay. Uh, it has a verse in all three, so one of the things you can do is go and look at all those three different verses and see what kind of feel and nuance each one of them puts onto that individual rune. All right. So this rune, when I come across this one in oracular work and I'm reading for somebody else, that is an instant marker of big change. Okay. And I'm not talking about the the change that happens when you misplace your glasses for half an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the big life-changing change. Ah, uh, those. The, the really big kind of your life direction is shifted or there are echoes of it that go forward from that point in your life. Those kind of changes. Don't like those. I know. Some this of them is... are nice, but... Most of them are like, no, don't This want is like the oncoming storm. Oh, dear. And... Which one? Which well, version? Any of them, I think. Because I haven't seen a lot of Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, I know. I've... But it was probably Eccleston that was more the oncoming storm because he was a very angry doctor. He was an angry doctor, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, I don't... I, he, he did very well. Sorry, I got distracted there. You did. Because you started talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Anyway, yes, so it's... It is <clears throat> the oncoming storm, and when I see it in readings, I can look at my client and go, yeah, you know what you're looking at, don't you? And they'll go, yeah. And I right. said, and you're trying to hope that it will go any way but straight through the middle of your life, but you know it won't. You know it's going to come straight through. Yeah. You know that it's going to hit, and even if... You know, they'll be thinking, oh, well, I, I know I've got to make a decision and I've been putting it off because that way, that magical thinking of, well, if I don't make the decision, it will just hold off indefinitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm neither in one state nor the other. I'm somewhere in the, in the middle in the third way and therefore that big bad thing over there is not going to hurt me. Which is a nice idea. It is. So, sorry, you just reminded me of... Um... The CinemaSins YouTube channel doing the Prometheus school of running away from things. Yes. Um, as something's rolling towards somebody and they're running directly away from it so In it's still line. rolling onto them. Yeah. But is, from what you were saying there, is it, is it, am I, am I reading too much into it to say that, that Haglas, when it appears, tends to be something that the person already knows about? It's kind of hard to miss. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. So yeah. it's you. You gave the impression there. You were saying it's like you. You speak to your um, the, the the people that you're talking to, and Haglas has come up, and it means. Did you say it means hail? Is that right? Yeah, it, elemental force, <clears throat> hail. <clears throat> the Anglo-Saxon verse talks about the fact that yes, you can plant your early your crops early to give them the long growing season, but you've got the spring hails to contend with. Yes, yeah. That might come along and just break everything and kill it. So you do you want to plant them in too early or do you want to go past the hail and then leave not until... get as much harvest out every yeah. year? But generally speaking, it tends not to be, I'm, I'm <clears throat> you know, say I'm, I'm sort of happily trundling along in life and everything's lovely and there's flowers and bunnies and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I come to you for a rune reading and you go, oh, Highglass has come up and this is a, a storm that's completely come out of left field. And, and, mm. and But it tends not to be that. It tends to be more sort of, Something that I'm already well aware of at this point, but I'm just trying to avoid. I'm I'm just Prometheus school of running away from things. Ing. 
to try to main yes Mm -hmm. however there have been some instances where it hasn't made itself known yet okay and i mean the runes are i don't know quite an old thing they don't exactly do precise time scales of well no 3 p.m next tuesday you just want to take you you know you just want to take that step away to the left when that arrives they're not quite that specific yeah so yeah there have been instances where what i've seen in the runes that person is not aware of yet although those things are already in motion to that point but in the main it's something that somebody's already very aware of and is looking square in the face and thinking oh do i have to I do not want to have to do that. I have to. Do not want to have to go down that route because no. Yeah. I so, can relate. I, I I feel like that quite often. Yeah, it's like Count of Monte Cristo when the 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 count's son is kidnapped in mm-hmm. inverted commas and in the cellars under Venice, I think, at the Carnival. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And the kidnappers turn around and go, well, well, we'll do this, that and the other and we'll send your father word and he'll pay us. Mm. And then we might let you go. And, and the young lad looks at them dead in the eye and just goes, do your worst. Mm. And that can sometimes be all we can do. Death smiles at us all. All a man can do is smile back. Ooh... Yes. I don't like this. It's grim. I know. I know. It's grim, but it's... I, I don't do grim. I do, like I say, I do bunnies and rainbows and flowers and things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Examples from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Frodo decides to take the ring out of the Shire. Yep. Primarily under Gandalf <clears throat> yelling at him and going, get out. Yeah, get out. <laughs> get out and take that. No. Um, <laughs> no. So he offers at the Council of Elrond to take it to Mordor. Yep. Even though he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. At the Pass of Caradras, he decides to go through the Mines of Moria, where Gandalf dies. Yes. And then, seeing how the ring affects Boromir, who isn't even carrying it, yep. chooses to carry it himself, knowing what it will do. Mm. Mm. He's got some bottle, Frodo. He gets a lot of flack. Yeah. In 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 pop culture, but he, he's got some. Yes. He's got some stuff about him. He has, and he's he's seeing these kind of impossible storm situations and mm. making a decision about what he wants to do about it. Yeah. It won't stop the storm coming. Mm-hmm. And it will change. It does change his life irrevocably after that. Yeah. You know, he ends up going back to the Shire, a very very rich man. True. And. Ends up does, he back, does Frodo go back rich? I know Bilbo goes back rich, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, Bilbo goes back rich. No, the four of them end up like rocking back in on ponies with rich gear on. Well, they do, I suppose they do, don't they? Yeah. Uh, he lives out the rest of his days, and then when the elves take the last boats, he goes with them. See, this is the thing, because I, I, cause I'm, I'm a, what do you call it, Philistine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And I've got I've got the films in my head far more than I've got the books. Now I know there are I remember the book and I remember I remember the whole scouring of the Shire and all mm. that stuff. So I know all that's in there, but I, the time scales just confuse for me because it's like 
it's like yeah frodo to me it's like well frodo goes home and then almost immediately he's on the boat out to the the undying lands yeah only sam's like the mayor of the shire by that point yeah and has been for like so many years Mm -hmm. so frodo must have been just kind of you know kicking back and chilling for a few years oh you're gonna before that point you're gonna you've got you know you've got the shire nice scenery Mm, pretty good some of that nice um pipe weed Mm. i'm not you know i'm obviously i'm not encouraging that sort of habit no but it's there it is um you know so you're pretty much gonna just and you've saved the world yeah you're gonna kick it back and just chill you know you've you've kind of done your bit you know yeah (laughs) but all of that happens because his uncle leaves him an envelope on the mantelpiece yeah with a ring in it the inciting incident yeah and he doesn't know when he picks up bilbo's old ring what it is Mm. but that storm is then already in his life and in his house yeah and it isn't till gandalf arising goes yeah we might need to do something about that now yeah i've been doing some digging yeah i was a bit worried about that Uh, don't see many rings that turn people invisible yeah that one does a bit more than that yeah it does and we might need to go because it's got like you know uh, an alarm system on it yeah <laughs> so yeah i see what you mean it's like so we're, we're we're basically looking at you know yes you might as far as you're concerned it might just be that you've got a pretty gold ring in an mm. envelope on your mantelpiece and you happen to know it's a magic ring that turns people invisible mm. but it's not really pressing on you very much to do anything about it no. Until it is. Until it is. So maybe that's sometimes how the storm can always be there. We just don't see it. Yeah. And those events are already set in motion. And all we can do is decide how we react to them. Can I do another diversion into pop culture? Just Do quick? it, do it, do it. Because we never do that, <clears throat> lovely listeners. Because there's also, it reminds me a little bit of Ghostbusters. Okay. The First ori- one or the second the, one? The, the original one from 19, 1984. Oh, the remake or the other remake? So not the sequel. Yeah. Not the remake. Okay. And not Afterlife, which is the new one that I don't know is actually out yet. Yeah. Whether it's actually out or not. But anyway, but the original Ghostbusters from 1984. Was it 84? 86? The 80s, anyway. Yeah. Not to spoil the story too much if you haven't seen it. I hope you have. It's a great film. But one of the things I love about it is that it's a... Underneath all the sort of... Or rather, hand in hand with the sort of comedy elements of it, there is also this wonderful atmosphere of eeriness, this this whole sort of foreboding that's going on. And I think they play. If 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 I have a, a criticism of the, the the remake, the twenty sixteen remake, it's only that they went hard down on the comedy, and they didn't do the foreboding, the quiet eeriness. Yeah. That- that has somebody's eggs cooking on the counter. Yes. It doesn't need to be a big flashy ghost throwing up on people. It just needs to be the smallest... Just that little thing. ...little tiny thing that's out of place that doesn't immediately get noticed but then is there. And that was the great thing about the the, the storyline of the original because they basically had it... it, it, To me, it was very Lovecraftian. Mm -hmm. And you always have to do the disclaimer when you're talking about Lovecraft. Yes, he was a horrible racist. I yeah. push him aside. Flag on that. <laughs> I'm talking about the work. A lot of his work kind of resonates with me in the way I sort of see 
the, the, the universe, not the racist part of it, but the rest of it. But the the whole kind of there's lots and lots of stuff underneath the reality that we're comfortable with. Yes. Um, and I love stories that, that, that sort of touch on that kind of thing. And Ghostbusters did that because it had, while everything was normal, right at the start of the film, before the start of the film, everything was relatively normal. But since like sometime in the 20s, the 1920s the or thereabouts, there. that building was there and it was channeling and focusing these occult forces it was already doing its thing while people were going about their business all through the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, you know, right into the modern day. And it was already there. It was, al- it was already going to happen at that point that Goza was going to show up and, and, and you know, threaten basically all of humanity. And I, and I love that because it was that, as you say, the storm is already in your house. Yeah. You know, it just you may not be aware of where it starts mm. and slowly but surely they drew their plans against us so there's another one yeah the steven spielberg version of that yeah has it actually even um, much as i i much as kind i of sort went, of oh, left turn at albuquerque yeah i kind of look at that because that has the martians buried underground for millions of years and I've, I've i sort of find myself thinking well why would you do that what's the strategic advantage of doing that you know Come to Earth a million years ago, and when there aren't even any humans, no. bury yourself. Wait until humans develop nuclear weapons, and then try and take over their planets. <laughs> why? Why would you do this? But yeah, on the, on the flip side, yes, you have this again. You have this theme of the thing is waiting. It's yeah. there. It's already there. There's there's yeah. nothing you can, you know, you, you can't sort of prevent it from turning up because it's already there. And sooner or later, it's just going to the lightning's going to start, and then. Yeah, there's a couple of other examples I can think of. I am Legend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where Robert Neville has to shoot his own dog. Oh. Oh. Yeah. No, I was. I was not fine. <coughs> Does the dog die? Dot com. Yes. I think it's a dot com. I'll have to look the there other one it. is the Batman film from two thousand and eight where the Joker has taken two hostages and Batman's only got time to save one. Is that in Dark Knight? That's in Dark Knight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because the first first Batman Begins didn't have the Joker in it. No. That was... It was like a... It was Ra's al Ghul was the bad guy there. Yeah. Yeah, Dark Knight had the Joker in it. Yes. Yes, that... The storm is already in your house. You just have to decide what to do with it. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, bringing it back full circle... Sometimes we look at events and we just go, oh, do not let that come. I do not want that in my hearth. Mm. I do not want it past my threshold. But you know it's going to come straight into what you're doing. And from that point on, you will always have the memory of that storm. You will never be able Mm. to... The memory of how you act and what happens and whether you have just got time to react and not plan forward for what you can do. It's reminding me now, isn't there isn't there actually a bit isn't there a, a bit of dialogue between Frodo and Gandalf where they're talking exactly about this thing? Mm. Because there's the there's the bit where they're sitting I think they're sitting in the mines of Moria on the way through there and and uh, Gandalf because I always remember it because they were talking about you know my my uh, I always read it as a sort of argument about capital punishment because Frodo's saying uh, he wished that Bilbo had killed Gollum when he had the chance. Yes. And why didn't he? And he was saying, well, it was pity and mercy. And yeah. and Frodo's like, no, he should have, he deserved 
basically Frodo saying he deserved to die, he should have been got rid of, and, and Gandalf saying, yeah, he probably did deserve to die, but a lot of people who died deserve to live. Yeah. And you can't make them live. You don't have that power. Yeah. So why assume that it's your right to change it the other way? But they, they go on and Frodo says something about, I wish I... Um, I wish the ring had never come to me. Yeah. So do all who have seen such times. Exactly. All we can do is decide what to do with the time allotted to us. Something along those lines. Yeah, oh, very, very. it's very close to that. Yeah. One of you lovely listeners can pick me up on that quote because I've just <clears throat> butchered it like a very bad person. But yeah. Sorry, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that, what do we do? Can we, ultimately, can we prepare for a storm? Can mm. we see it coming? Do we know what it's going to do? The chances are we're not going to be able to prepare for the full extent of what it's going to do. Mm. And or it will do things that we didn't expect. Yeah. Who stands with us through that? Mm. And is it the same people that we expect to stand with us through that? Or are some of those going to come away and new people are going to come in that we had no clue that they were going to step up to the plate? Yeah. And we're just like, OK, that's new, but all right, I'll take it. This is kind of like a, a reforging not necessarily even a moment it could be an experience that lasts a very long time yeah but it's almost a reforging of everything but it's remaking of things into a new way but it's fair to say and and i'm being you know uh i'm being sort of painfully glass half full here storms pass they do and the rune poem tells us that it mm. says you know hail will turn to water later yeah Water, especially in the springtime, is incredibly useful for those new shoots you've got coming up. Yeah. Kind of need that. Especially, you know, you need that ground to be nice and soggy wet because then your shoots, not too wet because they'll rot. Yeah. But not too dry because then they'll just be drought. So you need it in that nice mid-ground. Yeah. And that hail will melt and that storm will pass and that change will change into something else. Mm what that is you might not be able to see while you're in it and you might not be able to see while you're looking you're staring it down on the horizon and thinking maybe if i put a brolly up it'll just go away yeah. <laughs> see, that's, you see a huge yeah, that, big rolling thunderstorm and you're just like okay put a brolly that's up. that's my thinking yeah generally speaking it's yeah. like yeah just just put a brolly up and just pretend it's not there and la, la, everything la, la, will be fine yeah <laughs> yeah so these are kind of moments or experiences of reforging mm. of change on a big scale yeah and afterwards our lives are never quite going in the same direction they're always affected by that or changed by that or just you know going in a different route from that point onwards yeah, yeah. and yeah that that can lead to other moments of change but it, I think for me the important thing when this comes up especially in readings with clients is you know what are you going to do about this storm how are you going to actually approach it in terms of if I don't make the decision the storm will never come therefore I can stop it coming yeah it's going to come so <clears throat> where do you do you do you stare it down and go do your worst or do you put a brolly up if you never open the box, yeah, the cat never has to decide whether to be alive or dead. Exactly. So you know. Yeah. Keep the box shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That so way you've always that... got a live cat, yeah. kind of. Yeah, or a really, really angry one. Yeah. <laughs> was that Terry Pratchett? Yeah. I think that was probably Terry Pratchett. Three states the, of being Yeah, the three, the three states in Schrodinger's cat, yeah. cat's box. Alive, dead, and bloody annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> really, really cheesed off. So, yeah, I think this rune, when it comes up for me in oracular work for people, it is that signifier of huge life change. Yeah. But on a personal level, it's what do we do with it? Mm. Changes are constant. Yeah. Change always happens. I and know, it, I hate it. It can be on a small <laughs> scale, like if we catch the bus to work every morning, if the bus is, arrives a minute early one day and two minutes late the next day and then is on time and then is a minute late, that's change all the way through. Oh, it's like sliding doors. You see, like I'm thinking about... Doors. You, you, you shouldn't have let me start thinking about Schrodinger's cat now because I'm thinking about sliding doors and... Who was it? Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Missing a tr missing a train in one universe and catching it in the other, and yeah. everything everything changes for everything her. changes. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly that. Mm. That moment of change. Sometimes it it can be the pebble that starts the avalanche. Yeah. But it's the avalanche that you feel, not the pebble. But it's and it's the avalanche you have to get ready for. And it's the avalanche that you think, oh, this is kind of smart. Yeah. So <laughs> this is gonna smart. I suppose an avalanche. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It. You just have to kind of just grin at it and. Yeah, like you were saying at the beginning. The only thing we can do sometimes is smile back. Mm -hmm. And how, how we approach that, those major changes in our lives, whether we see them coming or whether the storm is in our house and we haven't even realised it's there yet. Yeah. How do we face that as human beings, as heathens, as community, mm. as households, as families, as individuals? If we see somebody else going through a storm, what are our choices in that? Mm. How do we... Can we step in and stand with them? Can we step in and stand alongside them so they know they're not facing that storm on their own? Mm sail out to go and rescue them yeah or just i don't know give them an extra boat to stand on or something yeah, yeah. even if it's just provides a day or two of pause that mm. might be enough to to brace the rest of the storm mm. so yeah it's it's an odd rune this one because like a lot of them it looks very surface it's a very literal interpretation, but when you start going into it, yeah, you start looking at pop culture examples, you start looking at personal examples. There's quite a few examples of my own life where I can think, right, that that big change, I can trace back where that started. Yeah, I can trace back to a single conversation with a person that set that route mm. in motion that led me to huge life changes that can sometimes be incredibly positive yeah. and sometimes be unexpectedly not. Mm. And it's what we do, how we approach those, where we go with them. But I think internalising this rune, I think that's where it, it points for me, is looking at how do we, do we have the resilience to adapt to change? Yeah. You know, what how can we recognise when our resilience isn't in a good place and we need to have it just boosted up a little bit? Mm. You know, 
can we ask for support? Can we give others support when we recognise that they're having a really pants time right now? Yeah. And what is a storm to one might be nothing to another. So looking at the subjectiveness of what a big life change is. Yeah. And looking at that through the lens of empathy of looking at what somebody else is going through going, nah, I went through that last year, you'll be fine. Yeah. To mate, that's really pants. I'm just gonna kinda check in with you every now and again, see if you're cool or can I do anything? Mm, can I mm. help you through this? Because that is not a nice thing to have to go through. How do we look after ourselves? How do we look after each other? Yeah. When we're faced with these huge big elemental changes <clears throat> can happen. So yeah. Big stuff. The big stuff. The big stuff. Like where the really good biscuits went out of the tin. Um, I don't know. Um, I, 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 a, a big boy done it and ran off. Uh, I wasn't even there. I didn't see a thing. Okay. What? Cool. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> if we get the good custard creams out, because our lovely <laughs> listeners have probably had a bit of a battering with this episode. Yeah, it's been a bit of a been a bit of a stormy one. <laughs> I saw what you did there. Yeah, so did I. Unfortunately. Yeah, do it all right. Do it all right. So, that's It is, and it can be, like a lot of the runes, it can be viewed in lots of different ways, Mm -hmm. lots of different understandings, lots of different ways that we can use that to look at ourselves and to look at our communities, the resilience of our communities or the resilience of our towns, cities, counties, countries. Yeah. On different scales. So yeah, it's kind of big and little all at the same time. <laughs> Lovely listeners, take a breath, uh-huh. have a pause, uh-huh. grab a biscuit as the tin goes past if you want one. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. If you have want some Romulan find... whiskey, don't have the Romulan whiskey. <laughs> banned in the Federation for a reason. Might be banned in the Federation, but our clearing isn't in the Federation, so it's, it's fine. Not. I didn't realise we had a trade agreement with the Romulans. <laughs> are, we, are we in the Federation? I have no clue. I've, I've always striven to uphold Federation ideals from, you know, when it was before they started writing in all the corruption and stuff. Mm. Um, and they're like every every five minutes you get some aliens trying to take it over and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I I have to say, if it means that we can't have Romulan whiskey... Mm. The Romulans aren't in the Federation. No. That was the whole objection at the beginning of Picard that they weren't. So why were they helping them? That's that right. Was the yeah. whole thing of yeah. Well, they you know. Why should why should we why should he, people were complaining at him because he was overseeing the rescue efforts, mm. and people were saying you know enlightened future Federation people were saying, well why should we help these people? They're not like us. Yeah, that and I'm like, made no sense. You don't like a federation where people think like that. That's no. not, that's not the feder. That's not my federation. Ooh. So I got a bit upset about that. Okay, fine. Lovely people, if you want to try the Romulan whiskey as it goes round, do feel free. We are not categorically responsible. Please count all your fingers and toes and make sure your elbows are in the upright position before <laughs> you leave the virtual campfire. Also, I've always, I've always really liked the Romulans. In a weird sort of way, apart from the shoulder pads, obviously, and the yeah, hairdo, and the, they, and the and the mandatory 
you know, hairdo that they all have to have because... Those shoulder pads are going to make it really difficult to go through revolving doors. You'd think. That's all I'm saying. Have you ever seen a revolving door on a Romulan spacecraft? I have not. No, there you go then. I've not seen one with a chompy thing in a corridor either. No. No. No, why did they put that in there? Lovely um, listeners, we're going to leave you pondering why they put the chompy thing in the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> we will talk to you all next time. For episode 124, if you want to find us online, you kind of know how to do it by now. But if you are shiny brand new, you are welcome to come and find Kate and I online. So you'll find me. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook under that name. And I'm also on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And my blog is Geetha in Jeans. Geetha in Jeans dot home dot blog? Yeah, something like yeah. that. And if you want to find me for some reason, I'm on Facebook as Kate Coldwind. You will also find us uh, a link, uh, us link to our uh, Facebook page, which is at Frithcast Pod on Facebook. Um, and uh, you can also come and join us on our Discord server from there. There's you a can, little yes. little link in there. We'd love come to see you on our virtual to... virtual campfire. Virtual virtual campfire. And uh, yeah, um, that's that's. That's how to find us. That yeah. was professional, wasn't it? It was. Um, um, come and say hi. Yeah, come and say hi. We'd love to. We'd love to see you. Yeah, we'd love to see you around the virtual campfire, or you know, friend requests on social media. It's all good. Lovely listeners. We're going to say ta-ta for now and talk to you all again in episode one twenty-four of Fifthcast in a couple of weeks' time. Which is the next one? It is the next. We'll one. see you then. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. You see, my problem with the Romulans mostly yeah. is that if they have uh, like objected to having to follow the Vulcan way of doing things, why did they take the hairdo? Why did they take the logical, unemotional Vulcan hairdo? I would expect Romulans to have spiky hair all over the place and like brightly dyed hair. Punk Romulans. Yeah, punk Romulans. I'm going for that. I'm, I'm thinking like whole kind of 1970s kick the man. Yeah, exactly. Shoulder pads fit right in the nose.